Welcome, welcome everyone to the Enthusiast Life Patron Podcast, episode 20. That's right, we are 20 episodes into this. And you guys don't understand just how much it means to me that you continue to not only listen to the podcast every single day, but you go above and beyond to help support the show. Thank you guys so much. I love chatting with you guys every day in the Discord. And uh, of course, doing this podcast and getting to chat with you guys about whatever it is you're interested in as well. Now, if you're listening to this here in the regular Enthusiast Life podcast feed and you want to help support the show and you want to be a part of this podcast, you can find that link down below in the show notes. Um, But, uh, you know, this is just, man, I love it. So we have some great conversations here coming up here on the podcast. Uh, So stick around. We have three great patrons this month. We had some awesome conversations Uh, So sit back, relax, enjoy this, and uh, I'll catch you guys on the flip side. All right, so joining me now, longtime patron of the show, Classic Squid. Squid, how you doing, man? Good, how are you, Mark? Good, man. We were looking, what, has it been three months, I think, since uh, we last on the show? three months on a day. Yeah, three months on the day. Yeah, looking at the uh, Discord chat, I think that's how we <laughs> we figured it out. It was literally the last time of me saying like, "Hey, man, you ready?" Like in the Discord yeah. chat. Yeah, it's kind of funny. So, uh, what do you got going on, man? What do you got this month? I was uh, just wanted to talk to you. Uh, last time we talked, I wanted to talk about uh, uh, conventions, but uh, we ended up, you know, just our normal video game banter and right. we, so we didn't ever got to it but um it's actually pretty appropriate that we would that you know we might talk about it today with uh, all that news about pax west have you have you heard about that at all honestly i haven't man tell me about it okay yeah so so um pax west when so they they went live with tickets like a month ago mm-hmm. for an in-person convention later this year i did know that i did see that yeah so Ticket sales were like they they had still have not sold out of a single day, wow. and I've been I aside from like the last couple of years just due to inconvenient timing of PAX East I've gone like the last five or six years to PAX East and I mean we have to be on it to get our to get our tickets for the for the day we want because they sell out in hours, and even um, my buddy got tickets for. Um, comic-con uh new york comic-con this october and it sold out in hours but so so everyone's like well why isn't pax west selling out well they had zero covid restrictions so so they just if if you can make it there you can go and so i think it was just scaring a lot of people off yeah Um, man totally and and which makes sense to me i mean if if they weren't doing anything you know i'm vaccinated so you know, I I would so I, I I don't know if I would consider going. I would think about it, but you know the fact that they just don't have anything, uh, you know, packing that many people into a convention yeah, just that's... seems completely irresponsible. Hmm. But today, wonder... today right. they announced that that they are requiring uh, proof of vaccination or um, a. Uh, negative COVID test within so many days of the convention. Hmm. So, well, you know, I mean, obviously also today, I mean, we had the announcement here kind of timeliness and it's kind of dating the podcast, but um, CDC has come out and said, Hey, even if you're vaccinated, we recommend if you're indoors, wear a mask. Um, Partly because they, there's new information coming out that we can carry or vaccinated people can carry the, 
same viral load as those who are unvaccinated. So we can then theoretically give it to the unvaccinated just as easily as one who either has a virus or is unvaccinated can give it to someone else. Right. So now with that information, I think you're going to start seeing a lot of these conventions. Well, I mean, obviously they've backtracked it already, but um, I think you're going to start seeing a lot of these places saying, Hey, masks are required now, man. Like that's just going to have to be the way, especially with that information. Unless, I mean, when is PAX West? It's in October, you said, or November? Um, I'm I'm not sure when PAX West is. uh, Comic-Con is normally in October. Right, right. Um, but uh yeah i mean i mean we i remember when when vaccinations were were you know first being distributed i remember hearing people be like you know um they're gonna there's gonna be places that are gonna be allowed to you know require you to show proof of your vaccination to get in without a mask and this and that and that never happened um You know, so I wonder if, you know, that might be something that's coming. It's, but I would expect something like that with, you know, with conventions like that. I mean, it, like, I mean, it's, it's a it's a running joke. It was a running joke before pandemic that when we went, like, who was going to get <laughs> PAX, PAX flu? Yeah, yeah. 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 So, you know, it's like, so... I mean, it's really interesting. To yeah, see, something like that would see. be a breeding ground. Man. And, you know, it's funny, like even tomorrow, even as we're recording this, my I don't know if you saw what I put in the discord earlier today in the sports section, I got tickets mm-hmm. today to go to AEW Dynamite AEW, yeah. Wrestling tomorrow. And even before the announcement today, because I got those tickets earlier, like I'm, my daughter is going with me. So just me and her, it'll be her first wrestling event. I mean, she's super excited. Like cool. we were going to be wearing masks regardless, because I told yeah. her, like, even though both you and I are vaccinated, there's a new variant running around and there's gonna be a lot of people screaming and I just don't want to take the risk of either you and I even potentially getting one of those breakthrough cases. Like we're not even going to take a risk. And she was like, that's fine. Like we've been wearing masks for how long now, you know, even though right. last couple months we haven't because we've, you know, been vaccinated, but it's like, whatever, you know, we'll, we'll be fine doing that. So something like a PAX where yet you have people coming from all over the place, you know, at least here, right. not to say the wrestling thing would be any better, but it's people in Charlotte, you know, where right. something like PAX, you get people coming from all over all the place, over. all over the country, bringing God knows what with them. Yeah. Um, just makes yeah, sense. I mean, and playing video games, touching controllers, like there's so many things, yeah. you know, that it's just like, but for, and for them to go in not having anything in place to begin with. Was yeah, that naive, seems crazy for I mean, sure. That, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It seems, seems borderline irresponsible, but you know, you can't, you can't convince everyone, you know, there's going right. to be, there's yeah. going to be those people that, you know, even as we see the, you know, the ICUs get full again with people, unvaccinated people getting sick now, it's like, <laughs> I just don't know what it's going to take, but <laughs> yeah. you know, to each their own, I guess, but, totally. uh, yep. but uh, yeah, I just, I have I have missed PAX over the last few years just with things going on, um, and uh, I just I love I love PAX so much. That is like that weekend in Boston is just my is just something I look forward to every single year, and I, it's <laughs> just awesome, so man. great. I've never been to PAX. PAX I've been to what E three six or seven years. I think six it ended up being. And, like, that was the one thing when I stopped going with Guardian Radio. It was like, dude, let's go to PAX. But then, of course, Guardian Con came around, and it was like, well, we just did Guardian Con because it was, like, all Destiny. But the the thought was, let's go to PAX because that's more just fans, you know. It wasn't industry where E3, 
you know, was always about the, which of course that's completely changed now as well. Um, which who knows if there'll even be, I mean, they're saying they're going to bring in-person E3 back next year. We'll have to wait and see, but it's, I mean, it's never going to be what it once was, but, right. um, yeah, conventions are fun, man. When you're surrounded by like, just like-minded people, so much yes. fun. There's nothing like it. Yes, completely. And that, and that's just one thing. Um, I mean, I always considered myself a gamer, but never, I was never surrounded by those, by people that, that loved it as much as I did. And so when I started working full time, um, I started working at this at the software company, and so that you know I was automatically put into you know a place with people that had similar interests to what I you know to what I was into, and um, one of my one of the guys out there that I was working with actually we connected because. I was, he was like, you know, what, what do you do? You play games? I was like, yeah, I've been, I've been into Final Fantasy fourteen a lot lately. And he's like, he goes, oh, yeah, like, what server are you on? And I was like, Lamia. <laughs> and he's like, no way, so am I. And so that, <laughs> that was, like, before all the cross-world stuff. So we were like, we could totally play together. That's yeah, awesome. So ever since, like, ever since we really, like, made that connection through gaming, me and him have been to every pack since. And that's awesome. That that's when I really felt like... You know, like when you're like when I was in high school and when I was in college, I, it was always kind of taboo playing games and and like the people that I played games with was so I was an athlete in high school and so the people I played games with they were you know it was just Call of Duty or Halo, you know it wasn't the adventure stuff and I and now it always felt like that was in my circle of friends it was taboo to play those games or play board games and stuff like that yeah so when i went to college i never found i was still hanging out with athletes and that sort of thing and then when i left college and started working at a software company that's when i was like okay it's you know it's okay for me to to be nerdy and goofy and and so that is what pax brings out of me and i just yeah. love i just love being around all those people that are just so much like me, it's just oh man, it, it's like <laughs> I came, it's like a spiritual experience. Honestly. That's great, man. It's just I love it so much. Well, it's funny. I mean, me working in the pharmacy, like I, I've there's been a couple texts through the years that I've had. One um, who people probably even if you used to watch Guardian Radio years ago, like she would be on some of our post streams. She was a, a female tech that we had. I mean, the girl was, I actually got her into destiny just by like, you know, being on the show and she, I let her borrow my original disc copy of destiny. And then it just sky was the limit after that. And, um, you know, she was huge into it, but she was really the only one that ever really played games until recently. Uh, we do have a new guy who's there. He started last year, last summer. And I think I, if you listen to today's podcast, I talked about it on there. Like he's big into Pokemon Unite too. So like, dude, yesterday we were just like all about Pokemon Unite. And you could tell even, you know, cause the other pharmacists I work with are older than me even. And you know, some of our cashiers and that are older than that. And they're all just like, what are you guys talking about? And like, they keep having to, having to like stop us from talking like, Hey, can you deal with this? Or can you answer the phone? Like, you, cause we're just like constantly talking about like characters we played and like moments we had in the game and so it's been great having him there because I finally have somebody in the pharmacy that every day, you know, he's like me where he's keeping up with a lot of the game news and all that stuff that um, I have somebody every day to talk about that. And I haven't really had that really. I mean, that's really what the podcast always was for me, you know, having, you know, Guardian Radio or even prior to that, any of the game shows I did. Um, but in high school, I mean, I did have a, a group of video gamer people that I played with. And really, Chris, who used to do the show with me and then. I might have heard us always talk about our buddy Bill <clears throat> that used to be on the show. 
Um, other three of us were huge, just friends in high school and played video games and all that. So we were, and even in college, continued to do that. So I still, even though, you know, I played sports, I played football and was somewhat of an athlete in, in high school, um, I still never shied away from just my love for video games back then. Yeah. And um, that was just kind of always the way I was. I was like, you think I'm, you know, you make fun of me because I play video games or well, whatever, man. I'm still running out there on the football field on Friday night. You know, I was dating my wife at the time. I got a girlfriend, like whatever, man, you know, that whole gamer uh, you know, whatever trope you want to call it, whatever people would make fun of that stuff. I was like, that's not yeah. me, man. And I was so, yeah. I always try to, you know, just, I guess, prove people the opposite of what they would think of gamers. I've always just kind of been that way. And, and the, the funny thing now is everybody's a gamer, man. Like everyone, man. nerds rule the world in terms of every TV show we watch, every game we play, everything now. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's just because yeah. we've all, we've all grown up now. Right. And it's just, we grew up with this stuff. Yeah, so for it's sure. What we want, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I saw something on Twitter. It was maybe an IGN article or something, and I didn't read it, but the, the headline of it was like, um, some some along the lines of um being a being labeled a gamer doesn't what does that even mean anymore? Like, because <laughs> yeah. just everyone everyone has something that they gamify totally. Yep. And uh, whether that's literal games or just anything, or it's Facebook just... or Instagram, how many likes right. you're getting. Dude, my mother-in-law, I always say she's one of the biggest gamers I know. She still to this day plays Candy Crush nonstop. We'll go over her house and she's watching, you know, whatever design show on HGTV, but she's got her phone open and she's playing Candy Crush. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, you are the biggest gamer I know, but you, she, you would never in a million years hear herself or my, my wife or my sister-in-law, like none of them would call her a gamer. Right. But she is. Right. She's constantly playing Candy Crush on her phone. Yep. It's like, man, well, you're I a gamer. It. It's awesome. I love it. It's, yeah, I love it. it. I loved in high school, I I just remember my my best friend, I was at his house, um, and uh, his brother, him, his brother was a, was a wrestler and a football player. And uh, he's like, oh, my brother's got friends coming over so we can't hang out in the family room. We have to go somewhere else. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, I, I, I couldn't, couldn't even fathom who he'd hang out with. I just imagined like a bunch of football players sitting around watching, <laughs> yeah. watching whatever. And I walk in there and it was a bunch of people that I knew because they were nerds. <laughs> not necessarily nerds. That's 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 not that's the awesome. appropriate word. But like there were, you I know, know there you, were yeah. kids that that I knew that I had I personally knew and were and were like more family friends with than anything. So I, I guess I, I could call them nerds, but um, in in a very respectful, loving way. And, uh, <laughs> but to see him hanging out with them, I'm like, I didn't know you were friends with all these guys. Like they're in there, like, yell, like they're playing eight player uh, melee, smash melee, yelling at each other. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, Zach, I have a brand new respect for your brother. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, this is awesome. And so, yeah, we ended up just hanging out with them the whole night. It was a lot of fun, but yeah, I just it's it's cool to to see people that uh, you don't expect to to have that sort of interest ha- ultimately have that interest. It's just it's cool to to break down those stereotypical walls and stuff like that. Yep. So when I was able to break free of mine, because admittedly I'm I'm kind of a person that cares what people. Well, I used to be the kind of person that cares what people right, you know, what thought people about me. You, yeah. So um, you know when I saw that, and then I. I just ultimately grew out of it and I just don't care anymore, but uh, it was cool to see that um, kind of breaking that wall. That's one thing that I hope like, you know, for as much, 
I'm not going to say bad that Twitch does, but like, you know, Twitch, there's a lot of bad stuff, you know, just not bad stuff, but just the way people are kind of on there, they're fake or whatever. But in the grand scheme of things, there's still a lot of people on Twitch that I'm not going to say, you know, they don't look like the stereotypical nerds like you and I are thinking of like back from high school. You know what I mean? Like there's some cool ass looking people on Twitch. And I hope if anything, you know, that's as, as maybe terrible as it is to say that, that, you know, because obviously you don't always want to judge a book by its cover, but like maybe people can look at some of those folks on there or, you know, people you see on like IGN or, you know, any, any of those things, kind of funny games, like all that stuff. Like anybody can be a gamer, man. Like, you know, you don't have to just be the nerd pushing your glasses with the tape you know, in the middle, you know, like that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that, that, those old mindsets are gone, like totally yeah. thrown out the window. Totally. And, um, I don't know. I think it, we're just, it's great. It's awesome, man. It, it's great to see. And, and I, I honestly, I agree with you. I mean, I think Twitch does a great job of, of showing that people of all backgrounds, all life, lifestyles, yes. they yep. like everyone's, I mean, like, I mean, just to, just to name a few that I, that I've watched that I just, I'm like, man, this is a cool guy. This is the kind of guy that I would have seen in high school. And I'm like, no way he games. Exactly. But like, but like, <laughs> yeah. Nick, like Nick Merckx. I've and, seen that dude. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Like yep. he's, I mean, he's a good looking dude and he does, he does uh, um, like workout streams like that, like stuff like that is just so cool to, to have people being able to bridge and make, and, and show that like, give people courage to that that may feel that like you know i hang out with these guys that that are like they we are considered popular and it would be it would be weird to play video games like no that's just not that's not how it is right. like yep like you can be the coolest guy and you're only made cooler by the fact that you have ho- extra hobbies yep. like you should never be afraid to have any sort of hobby mm-hmm. if this is something you love to do just be proud embrace of it. Embrace it. Yeah. And you're going to, and you yep. will, if you embrace it and you show people that you love it, you're going to find people that love it just as much as you do. And it could be the most unlikely of, of people to, to reach out about it. And I, I just yep. love that video game is video games are like the epitome of the, the epitome of that, I yep. believe. And I mean, even female gamers, man, like, yes. I think, you know, for as, as much as there, you have your hot tub streams and all that crap on Twitch, but like you also have, female gamers who are very knowledgeable, very good at the games Incredibly. and showing young girls it's okay to play video games, which, which I think I almost want to say, I think we're kind of beyond that now. But like when we think back to us in high school and that, like that was kind of a taboo thing, that girl gamer, right? Like that yeah, wasn't something sure. that girls were coming out saying like, I'm a gamer where now we're that, we're that proud, you know, like mm-hmm. you can hang with the boys. I mean, half the time you can probably crush the boys at it as well. Like that's just, yeah. you know, it's, it's awesome to see that. And yeah. Like for my sure. dude, I, I don't know, like, cause your kids are still young, right? Yeah, young. Oh, yeah. Like my daughter, I mean, she plays Roblox, of course, which, uh, you know, a lot of young girls or young girls, young kids do, I should say. I mean, it's huge. Um, mm-hmm. And that's kind of been her social outlet through this last year and a half. But in the same sense, she also, because my son is so into Fortnite, dude, my daughter actually plays with some of the kids that are in my son's grade because not only that she's so good, she just schools them. Like they want her to play in their trios with her because my son, my that's the problem in my house right now is my son now is kind of beyond like some of his friends. He's now hooking up with like kids in Discord that are like, 
that he says are like on his level and he's joining the tournaments. And dude, he actually almost made it to the point where he almost won 200 bucks in a tournament the other day. He was like Ooh. so close in Fortnite, like his group to making it to the fourth round. They only made it to the third, super close oh. to the fourth, but like, which is cool. I'm like, Hey man, you want to go the, you know, and try to go that route. That's, that's awesome. But all the yeah. friends that he would play with and that my daughter would kind of play in, like, they're always like, Hey, can Maddie play? Like, can she play? Like we want her because she's just as good as all of them. And awesome. You know, it's like, I love man, it. you know, it's just as much as she likes Roblox, she plays the hell out of Fortnite, even though like I wish she was playing something else. She was playing some Roblox game the other day, and it's like basically the Roblox version of Call of Duty. And not that I, I want her to play Call of Duty, but I'm almost like I said to her, I go, you should just be playing Call of Duty. Like, why are you playing this? This is just like a dumbed down version of that. Like, yeah, I mean, she's only 12, though. That's why I'm kind of like, I don't really want you playing. I mean, she's going to be 13 yeah. soon, but I'm like, I don't really know if I want you playing Call of Duty and kind of getting you into that whole just community of, you know, what that's going to bring with it. But yeah, um, I mean, she's good on sticks, man. She's she's getting pretty awesome. good. So very cool. It's crazy. Yes, sir. See that. What um, I mean, talking just about conventions, I mean, obviously we had E3 in that. What are you looking forward to this fall? You and I like to talk video games. Um. What are kind of your big, if you could only pick just a couple big purchases this fall, where are you kind of banking your your purchases coming up? Oh man, that's tough. Um, <laughs> well, maybe maybe it's not that tough. I I don't know. I I um, I'm really looking forward to the the new um, expansion for Final Fantasy. Of course, definitely getting into that. Yeah. Um, but man, I just feel like so many games are getting pushed till next year that I'm just I, I, I'm like I'm not not even sure what's coming out this fall anymore, <laughs> um, which isn't a terrible thing because you know I over the last few uh, few months while my wife is on orient has been on orientation I haven't been playing a whole lot so I have a lot in my backlog, which is never a bad thing. Well, it's it's a bad thing until too many games new games start coming out. But um, I am looking definitely looking forward to Final Fantasy expansion. Mm -hmm. Um. You know, looking forward to hear more about Halo. Yeah, which um, I did see before we started recording this. Some uh, flight emails went out for this. Yeah, weekend. I saw that. Damn it! I didn't. I checked my email. I didn't have one yet. You didn't get one. Oh man! And dude, I've been an insider. I've been invited to like every one of the PC MCC flights. All that. I'm like, I gotta be getting one, right? Yeah. Maybe <sighs> they wrote you a handwritten letter. Yeah. Just, just wait. <laughs> I'm checking again right now. Just check your mail. What else you got? What other games? Um, and then um. I, I you know I don't I don't really care much about like that stuff that they showed um at uh, for that e, the EA Play live mm -hmm. um with the uh the sandbox for battle for battlefield seems really cool. Yeah. Um a lot of that stuff seems really cool and very much something that um they I think they needed. Like they're I mean they're charging $70 for um an online only game. I feel like that definitely was necessary and I'm happy that they put that in there. Mm -hmm. I think that that's going to be really great for that community, but I, you know, I wish that game wasn't $70 because I don't want to spend $70 to, to try that game. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? But I really want to try that game. It's been so long since I played a battlefield um, that I want to try it out. I, I ultimately feel like this fall, like later this summer, this fall, I just, I might have time to play it. You know, because yeah. things are getting, because so many things are getting pushed till next year. Um, I would love to try that game, but seventy dollars is pretty steep. Yeah, I, you know what? I'm probably gonna give on that, one, give in on that one because, like, I've just I've owned every Battlefield since I guess 
Battlefield 2 on the Xbox. Uh-huh. Um, and then I, you know, bought three and bad company and all. I've just kind of been always going, I, I just, I love the sandbox of those games in general. And now what they're doing with, you know, the portal, I think they're calling it is just, it's crazy. Yeah. That game is just going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun, but that's the thing I, I, in the, if I actually take a step back, it's like how much of it am I really going to play, especially with Halo coming so close and all that. Um, right. but I'm still probably going to just go in on it, even though like six months after it'll be on EA play on game pass. So it's like. Probably. I mean, usually that's how those Battlefield games have gone. So it's like, maybe you can wait, but chances are I'll probably jump in. But I was trying the other day to look through, like, what games this fall. And for me, um, Metroid Dread is on there um, yep. because that's the beginning of October. I thought that was, like, day and date with Battlefield, but it's not. Or actually, not Battlefield, with no. Guardians. Guardians is coming out. It's Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, gar- so oh, yeah. Def- yes. Guardians, the- Metroid Dread, that- Battlefield. Okay. Halo and Endwalker are my games. I think yes, are my big games. Yes. So. Yeah, those. Um, I forgot about Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm very excited about Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, that's going to be a fun game for sure. Um, yeah, I'm just. I'm looking at a list. I'm looking at a list now. Hey, man, there are some games that people are like losing their minds over, but I just am not. I, I mean, how are like, you on Deathloop? Deathloop? Yeah, Deathloop. I was just about to talk man. about that. Like. I, I'm just mad on that. Me too. I mean, dude. I'm just like, I understand that the games like that companies made before, like Dishonored was cool yeah. and all that, but like, I w- I wasn't like over the moon for Dishonored. Like it was like, oh, it's right. a cool game. I never finished it. Didn't even get Dishonored two. I mean, they're on Game Pass now. Eh, maybe someday I'll check them out, but I'm just not. I don't know. So like Death Loop, okay, whatever it is. What? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not. Yeah. Going crazy over that. Right. Another um, another one of those games is twelve minutes. That game does look pretty neat, but it looks cool and like the the um, voice acting for that is absolutely insane. But I just I those narrative those narrative games I, like that's what McAvoy just, right is it McAvoy yeah McAvoy yeah. and um, man there's a whole bunch of people in it is it Willem Dafoe's in it I think <laughs> I mean it's a it's an insane insane uh voice cast but i just there's just something about those narrative games i appreciate them for what they are and uh but i just they're just not for me i i can't stay focused enough on them um to yeah. play them for more than 12 minutes which, <laughs> um but no yeah but yeah <laughs> um but yeah there i'm i'm so excited for um halo and walker uh guardians but you know, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like three or four games yeah. that I'm excited for this 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 fall. Normally, it seems like there's a lot more. Um, so maybe I'll have time and and splurge on Battlefield or yeah. get it for my birth, or get it for Christmas, or so, you know, something like that. That might be a game that I that I. Well, ask you know, for it'll Christmas, be probably you know? forty five dollars on Black Friday. Like that'll be a right. game that it's going to come out in October. So by Black Friday comes around or whatever, forty bucks, whatever they do. That you know maybe that's maybe maybe I'll do that too. Like just wait till Black oh. Friday because they're definitely going to dip the price. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it comes out. Yeah. Dude, my my biggest fear, dude, for this fall, is when's End Walker? It's November or is it the? Uh, that's yeah, November twenty third. My biggest fear is that and Halo are like day and date or like a week apart. Right. I am so worried for that because I'm like, then yeah. what am I doing? Like Halo. I'm probably going to be diving in. I mean, well, I'm definitely going to be diving in on Halo because it's with Game Pass, but it's like, I got to play through Endwalker, man. I got to 
get to the end of that, you know, whatever 6.0 or whatever it's going to be, um, just to see how they're going to finish it, man. Like, I got to see that. So, oh, I hate I that know. wording. I hate the wording of finish it. Well, finish this this arc, man. No, I, know, I know, I know. It's... I just it, the the future is uncertain, and I'm already looking past this expansion, which I know that I shouldn't be doing. I just love this game so much. Yep. I just want it to last forever. Did you finish? So did you finish the? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm on patch 5.2 right now. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, geez, you got to wait. Okay. Yeah. Because so I, I just I'm... wrapped up 5.5. So okay. Okay. Yeah. 5.55. I, I guess whatever. I mean, I'm caught up. Wherever I need right. to be. Right. 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 Yeah, I was I had I had fallen off. Um, I hadn't come back to it um, a while after Shadowbringer. And then I hopped back in because my friends peer pressured me into it. (laughs) But then um, but then with this, you know, the free two week. Yep. um, For returning people, I was like, you know, I'm gonna jump in and make some progress. And of course, I'm hooked on it again. And and all and all I want to do is spend four hundred dollars on Steam Deck so I can freaking craft in bed. (laughs) God, I'm just what, the absolute worst. What class do you play? I forgot to ask you. What's your what class do you uh, main? I summoner. Okay, is my main. Yeah, paladin's still my main. Like I, I okay. messed around with like dark knight and then did some um like white mage maybe or something. Healing. I was uh-huh. like, nah, healing's not for me. And did black mage and then I'm just anytime like story wise, it's always just my. I just like playing the tank in this game. Yeah. Like the paladin is just I love it. And, and the Q times are perfect too because oh, they're yeah. fast, fast as hell. So. Yes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Love that. Well, all right, dude. Well, let's wrap it up there, man. Could always Good. talk in some video games to you, man. And and hopefully it won't be three months till the next time we chat. Hopefully we can yeah. do it again. Soon, yeah, so. for sure. But all right, man. Well, take care, dude. Good chatting with you. All right. Thanks, Mark. Take care, man. All right. So joining me now, a longtime patron of the show and making his second appearance here on the podcast Lagnus, Lagnus, what's up, man? Oh, not too much. Yeah, sitting here, I was going to play some Marvel Champions, but it's too warm, so. <laughs> <laughs> I know, a whole 85 degrees, you said, where you are, right? Yeah, and like, if you're a Frost Giant, that's that's way too hot. <laughs> so, how, did you get the new uh, Venom pack? Yeah, I, I have the new Venom pack. I was going to break it out. I started setting things up, and I was like, no. Upstairs where I'm painting, I have an air conditioner, so so I'll probably go there after this. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. You guys like, does anybody even have like central air there at all? You probably don't. No, right? yeah, I mean, no. no well, for it. Uh, there is this kind of like a, a pump that gives heat in the winter that can cool it off in the summer, but it's not that common. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you guys probably don't yeah. have it or, or really have the need of it. I mean, here in the Carolinas, like. If you go to a place and they don't have central air, like that's almost unheard of. Like everybody yeah. has that here. Now up in New York yeah. where I lived, a lot of the houses didn't because it was a lot of older houses. So you had a lot of window units in that. Um, but, uh, you know, you'd, I'd go over a friend's house and they had central air and it was like, ooh, like your whole house is nice and cool. It's not like the bedrooms and that's it. That was always no. like a big deal. Yeah, I can imagine. So uh, Especially like in a big town, like in a big town like that. But I mean, like all that concrete and stuff must hold heat pretty well <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> definitely yeah you don't want to be going to new york city or anything like that in the middle of the summer it's a nightmare i mean that's why you see everybody you know going to like central park and all that because it's like we just got to get away from the concrete get to the middle of the park where it's as cool as possible <laughs> in all that shade like that's where the cool air is going to be yeah um, so have you played venom yet like how's have no, you been able no to play i haven't it? played oh, him you yet. haven't okay i just looked through him yeah i haven't even but, bought, but... bought it you know what dude i haven't played i was thinking of that like i haven't played champions 
in a while because we've been doing Thursday nights was when we were playing, but now we have a D&D group, so we're just playing that every week. And yeah. um, even just solo, I haven't played Champions in a bit. I've just been kind of no. caught up doing other things, so i got to get back. And I think I just need to order Venom because it's like, you know what, I, I know I would want him, and just that I think he'll get me right back into it. It's going to jump into no, it. Look, no, it looks like a lot of fun to play with, with all the stuff coming coming out like with the guns and stuff but you set up things i don't know i, I find that satisfying oh totally but when you when you have to set up like your equipment step by step and then when everything is going well well then you get your nemesis or something but yep. i mean that was the same way kind of how uh iron man played you know like it was such yeah. a cool mechanic where it's like you're tony stark and you're kind of just building your suit and then you know come five six rounds in you're just unloading on the yeah. thing it's awesome no, yeah, yeah. That's why I like Black Widow so much to play because she has this preparation card that you set up, and her special ability is the preparation card. So, like, you ping out some damage every time a preparation card goes off. Yeah. But it's just, you feel smart when you get it all going. What? Let me ask you this because, you know, we're getting into a little bit of champions here. Obviously, we're going to go down this rabbit hole because you, <laughs> you brought it up. What, like, what mechanics do you think? they could add to the game? I mean, obviously it's a big question. I know they're smarter than us, but like for you, if you were looking at developing a character, like what would you want to see? Like I was thinking for me personally, I was thinking like Logan, like Wolverine, where like you could heal either way, like hero or villain, you know, like because that's just, you know, Logan can heal, you know, would, would, yeah. is there a way they can maybe implement that into the game somehow? Or like for you, what other characters do you think they could add that would maybe kind of- I actually been thinking about Wolverine also. And I would like to see, like, you can heal up, but the more you heal up, like, the more Berserk tokens you get. Oh, that would be neat, yeah. And then after a while, you can't, like, really control who you are attacking always. Oh, that would be neat, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know about current Wolverine, but, I, I mean, he changed so much in the comics, but I mean, right. some incarnation of Wolverine has been like that, like, hmm. you know, okay, he's really dangerous now, so... Everyone stay away. <laughs> now, here's another thing, too. Do you think, I was thinking the other day, like, do you think they would ever make it where you could play the villain and potentially even maybe add in some sort of dueling system to the game? Or do you think that's always going to be stayed stuck as a, a co-op? I, I don't think you can without changing the cards in the decks. Like, I don't think you can do it dueling. Mm, yeah. Because, like, with, with the turns you take... True, yeah. You you would have to go back and forth more to have it like a dueling system. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just sitting there getting unloaded on. <laughs> well, like you almost wonder like, if there's a way to have like a common threat where like both players are kind of, it's like a tug of war on the threat maybe somehow in the middle, but then you're also doing damage. I don't know. I was trying in my head to think about, because we're going to have so many heroes in this game, which regardless, just that playing co-op or playing against the you know the villain deck in itself is just incredible and doesn't need to be changed but i was just trying to think like is there a way i wonder if they can make it where it's competitive and not co-op with what they build but yeah i think it would be really hard because of all the cards they've introduced that yeah there there would be cards that would either be just not you know not even needed just basically no. make them worthless or some that would probably be just too overpowered and and it just wouldn't make it fair i guess yeah, also in, in my experience, like they're called semi co-ops when you like you you work against the common, but you're still fighting each other. They don't really work that well. Most of them, there's maybe like one out of fifty that work well. 
because uh, it's not that fun really yeah you usually ignored like the because there's another marvel game called marvel legendary that's been out for a while and i know that's like semi-co-op you're supposed to count points but i don't think like hardly anyone does that because like who cares really <laughs> yeah you're just working together to take the villains yeah. down right yeah it's like comparing your damage in you know raid in destiny or something and say okay i won because i did the most damage like yeah <laughs> nobody cares <laughs> no <laughs> even though you did the most damage somebody else got the uh the vex mythic class yeah. so you yeah. lose actually <laughs> yeah it's, funny. it's crazy so yeah. uh, what else you got man what else is going on going on for you how, how did oh. your uh your warhammer set you got it you still working on your painting for that yeah I, i'm gonna go up and paint more here after we're done as I said, sitting there conditioning and paint some, working on that. It's starting up on August eighth. We're gonna start a, a path to glory like narrative campaign nice. for that. So, so now is that something that the big sets like that? Do they normally come with a narrative narrative hook to them or no? Uh, they introduced this in uh, the latest, the Warhammer latest edition, sort of like a campaign play. Mm -hmm. But the narrative, it's sort of homebrewed, like how to make it narrative for everyone. Now we're going to like, we're all hunting for the same artifact. It's just a, a, a way to introduce a little more story to it. So, yeah. Hmm. But, but, but they have always been big on like trying to push the narrative aspect of, of these games on people. I think that's cool, man. I mean, that's kind of what's brought me you know, you kind of introducing myself and many of the guys in the Discord, like, to this idea of having having these, like, narrative-driven, you know, cooperative tabletop games, like Gloomhaven and things like that. Like, that, to yeah. me, was a whole world I never even really knew existed. You know, I was just like, oh, no. well, you, you know, there's, sure, there's these tabletop games, but you're always either competing or, you know, the only uh, co-op ones I really played was... Uh, Oh, I can't believe I can't think of it. What's Forbidden Island? I think is what it is. You know, it's yeah. like which which totally is nothing like Gloomhaven or anything like that. It's like okay, we're all working together to make sure this island doesn't flood, and we're trying to get these artifacts to get off, which is super fun. But you know, the gamer in me, the RPG player in me, putting in this true narrative and being able to play a character with a class and skills, like completely just takes it to that next level, which is awesome. So I think it just yeah, makes yeah. sense for Warhammer to do that, and I think that's a great gateway for people like myself who've never played Warhammer to get into it because even the the little starter set that I got I played the first two little missions and they're granted they're tutorial missions but they're giving you a little bit of a write-up beforehand like hey here's the situation and really all it's doing is the first mission is teaching you how to move and kind of do basic battle mechanics but there's a narrative there and so you're able to still kind of play through it and you know feel like you're on a mission which is kind of cool yeah yeah I, I think most people are into these games not everyone I mean, but most people who are into these games are also like really into the stories and, and things like that and have backstories for their armies and things. things. Yeah. So I'll be honest, uh, man, uh, you know, I, I've been a little bit intimidated by the painting. Like I was all gung ho, you know, I put my models together and like I keep putting it off and putting it off. And I'm like, I just I got to just jump in and just do it. And like, yeah. would you no, recommend because, you know, you watch videos and they're like, you know, when you're going to paint them, kind of do them all, not all at the same time, but like I have five space Marines and it's like, you should do them all at the same time. So the colors are all kind of similar, but in the same sense, I'm like, I, I want to just take one. Yeah. And just, just take one. Do the one, you know? Yeah. Okay. The, the batch painting or, or what you call it, 
you can do that when you have like the basic ID done, but just take one and paint it and then take the next one and paint it. It's not like, because it's not like you're going to mix paints and, and things right. like that. You, True. So they're going to look pretty much the same, even if you don't paint them all at the same time. Yep. And they're my first one, so they're going to look terrible anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, well, well, you, you know what? I mean, I know I posted some links like, you know, just thin your paints and, and do it and it's going to look better. And and the thing is, you also have to put them down on the table a bit away from you, not hold them up to your face. <laughs> do they look good on the table? Yeah, they look good on the table. They, they don't maybe look great when you take like a close-up photo with a phone, but that's not how you look at them and you play. True, so. that's a good point. Yeah, that's true. Because when I hold up mine, I mean, they... You can see all kinds of flaws in them all the time, but as soon as you put them down on the table, they they do just fine. Hmm. And, and I have zero talent for this, so. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure it's even just yeah, trial and error, right? I just gotta just yeah, trial by fire. Just gotta get in there and just do it. And just I'm sure you know that that first Space Marine compared to that fifth one, probably the fifth one will be much better than than the first one because I would kind of learn from the mistakes. And I mean, you can always repaint them, right? I mean, that's the other thing too. Is it's like you make yeah. a mistake, just. Put another base yeah, coat yeah. on there and do it again. Yes, or, or you can. There's this uh, cleaner called L LA's Totally Awesome that you can get at like the dollar store or whatever. And you just throw your miniature in that and the paint peels off. Hmm. Awesome. So you toss it in there and maybe like with a toothbrush, like scrub it a bit and then you start over. Cool. But I, I will say, man, I was pretty pretty surprised just how small they are you know because i didn't get the chance to get out to that store before i ordered and mm -hmm. you know in my head you watch all the videos and like i just kept thinking in my head like oh they're like amiibo size you know or maybe a little bit smaller no they're they're, <laughs> they're you look at some of them and it's like wow like how are people doing some of this you know i mean me you know being 40 and i mean i, I i'm to the point now where i kind of need some reading glasses and it's like I'm not, how am i going to do this you know i'm really yeah, going to need yeah. to be able to Get, get up close to these things to be able to paint them. It's crazy. No, I need my reading glasses on when, when I paint them. But I do have good news because it's pretty much the perfect size because bigger models are, are harder to paint. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, like the the big... It sounds easier. Like, okay, the details, but things will look, you know, really flat because you have so much area. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, true. So... Hmm. so Interesting. No, it, it's a good size to, to start out with. Many people think, oh, bigger is easier, but uh, I, I don't really think so. Huh. Crazy. So because say, if you paint like the shoulder pad on a Space Marine blue, I mean, it will look good. But if you have like a huge shoulder pad and paint it blue, it will look really strange when it's just one flat color all of it. So. Yeah, true. That's true. Yeah, probably even shading would even be worse of an, or more of a nightmare mm -hmm. when it's bigger. Yeah. Hmm. Yes, for sure. What so, else you got so, going on, man? Oh, I, I had some questions about Black Widow. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. W without uh, spoiling too much, at least. I, I wrote down some notes after I had watched it the second time. Was everything translated when you watched it in the States? Like the Russian they spoke? Yes. Yep. Okay. And and the Norwegian, was that translated? I mean, from the I radio. Yes. It was in the, I believe yeah. it was, yeah. That was a little bit funny because to me, it sounded like someone speaking Swedish with an U.S. accent. It didn't sound Norwegian at all. <laughs> the, ra the radio. So, so I don't, I've been trying to see like who did that voice, 
uh, but I haven't found it yet. So, so I'm huh. kind of curious, to be honest. Yeah, it's interesting. They're not. Have you checked the credits? I mean, they're not credited in there. Uh, no, I, I didn't find it in the credits. Wow. So, so. they're usually pretty good with some May of that stuff. Yeah, maybe it hadn't been added yet, but and. Uh, the other thing that like tossed, tossed me for a loop a bit was the camper she was staying in in Norway because you never see those models in Europe. So I'm like, how, how did it get to Norway? <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's a minor thing. That's but, but yeah, no, the Quinjet, I, I really... and they use the well. I guess you didn't have the Quinjet. Somehow they dropped it off. Maybe maybe yeah. uh, I don't know. Tony <laughs> Stark dropped helicopter. it off for somehow. He's like, we're not talking right now, but here, take a trailer. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, Maybe you can find it somewhere. You hardly see those models up here. No, I really like that movie. Like, I like the low-powered stuff. Yeah. It felt like... Do you see all the, the MCU movies as superhero movies? or Some I do, some I don't. You know, I think what no. they've, they've done pretty well is to try to ground them more in reality. You know, and, yeah. and, and you know, that's... To me, that's kind of why I think I've liked like Winter Soldier so much or, um, you know, any of the Captain America stuff. But, you know, Marvel in general tries to ground themselves, I think, more in reality. And that's where it's going to be interesting when, you know, you saw Captain Marvel come in. And when we start going with more of this cosmic universe yeah. side, that's when it's going to be interesting to see how they're going to be able to kind of blend that. I mean, even Loki itself was kind of a very fantastical i mean even you could say wandavision as well but i think they're kind of slowly gradually getting to the point where you know they're kind of bringing the audience in i mean 20 years ago when they started the mcu if you had said like hey we're gonna be doing time travel i think people would have been like what and nobody would have grasped it but in endgame it just kind of made sense because they slowly got us to that point where okay and now i mean yeah. you know, where loki is with it it's like sure there's multiple universes and and all that i think people are kind of ready for that but up yeah. to this point, they have been grounded in, and I'm kind of with you where I I do enjoy the more grounded movies more. That's why Black Widow to me was just like, all right, well, it's like we're watching Winter Soldier and it's just kicking some ass. Yeah, I love it. No, I mean it's it feels sort of more almost like a spy movie than a superhero movie in a sense. Like yeah, even if you have the Crimson Dynamo or Red Guardian, depending on what you call him. <laughs> It is, but I mean, he's no stronger than like Jaws in an old James Bond movie or something like right. that, really. So, so no, no, I, I really liked it. Uh, there was one thing that stuck out to me during the credits. Did you see like they did the special thanks to? No, I didn't see that. Who do they and say? They had, like, there was some, there was quite a few names, but like my eyes immediately stuck to like Ralph Macchio, you know, Karate Kid. Yeah. But wonder, I'm like, why did I thank him? I'm curious. What did he do for this film? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's did not he like he's a kung fu master, so he didn't like teach them how to fight. No, but did he write for Marvel or something? I have no idea. Now I, I gotta I gotta search this right now. Let's see. Ralph Macchio Black Widow. That's interesting. Macchio is commonly associated with Daredevil. Oh, you know what? It says Ralph Macchio, author of Black Widow. So it's not the same Ralph Macchio. Oh, it's a different <laughs> one. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm looking almost... at a picture of him. No, that's, that's definitely not the Karate Kid. That's not Daniel-san. Nope. Yeah. Nope. That's oh, funny, man. What a, what a cursed name to have. <laughs> <laughs> I think they uh, thanked all the authors who had written on Black Widow. Yeah, that's probably what it. Because it was kind of like, you think about, 
I don't want to say like a love letter to Black Widow, but it, it, I mean, it was, right? I mean, she got her due finally. It was like, okay, yeah. well, finally we've had her enough, you know, in all these movies and she should have got her movie years ago. But I personally like, I think the timing was kind of great for it. I mean, sure, we could have had this actually before, or, you know, after Civil War, before we got into Infinity War and all that. But I don't know. I think it was kind of a good time to kind of place it in there. Now, the interesting thing is we would have had this before, what, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, WandaVision, all of that, where now we got it afterwards. But I think it still kind of made sense, kind of like going back on an adventure with her, especially after seeing her death. You know, it was kind of yeah. great to revisit her as a character, I thought was was cool. And Yeah, I had no issue with the timing. And I'm, I'm not, I don't really need like three movies out of every hero either. So. <laughs> yeah. Like, make one great one, that's, that's good with me. Yep. There's enough MCU movies, really. And heroes to go around. Yeah. I mean, I would love to see a series with, you know, either her or obviously her sister. I mean, we're going to see her more of her. Yeah. Totally. You know, I'm so like, why Why isn't that like releasing now? I mean, Loki's <laughs> over. We should have Hawk, Hawkeye now. I yeah, I know, man. Especially after what we saw, right? It, that would have been uh, yeah. definitely much, much needed. Um, but even Red Guardian, man, I want to see David Harbour play him again. Like, he yeah. just played that role. Awesome. It was yeah. perfect. There's one thing I, I do hope that we never get like an answer if we really fought like Captain America or not. If we we never get what? An answer to if he really fought with Captain oh, America. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Just leave that to the imagination. Keep it I, as I it like is. That. Yeah. 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 Who knows though? Was, you know, knowing them, they'll probably at some point years down the line try to go back do you think they'll ever like because that's the thing now that we have this idea of the variants in the mcu 20 years from now they they could make that happen just with completely new actors and just make it make sense you know I've, I've, they've kind of written themselves the path to recast people over and over and i as much as i want them to do things like that and be able to maybe maybe see that scene i almost don't want them to do that you know like no let's keep our characters kind of who they are and just you know introduce yeah. some of these new characters or new new faces, new heroes that maybe have never gotten kind of the spotlight. Like, you know, uh, Shang-Chi no, I mean, in that movie. Like, it's awesome. Like, that there's going to be a Shang-Chi movie. Like, who would have ever thought that? That's crazy. I mean, if they can make a good Doctor Strange movie, they can make anything, to be honest. True. Yep. That, that's my opinion. The Doctor Strange comic, I think, is very back and forth, like, good or bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, 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 as a standalone character, he, he doesn't always make sense. So like if if you can make that a good movie, you can take any hero and make it good, most likely. Yeah, yep. and even no, you I, know introducing new heroes. I mean, look what's happened like with Miles Morales. I mean, Miles just yeah. celebrated his ten year anniversary as of being a character. He's been around ten yeah. years. It seems like he's been part of the Marvel universe forever, but it's only been ten years. And like they've been yeah. they were able to take an idea and introduce him and have people like almost immediately embrace him because he's just a relatable character and they can create more characters like that I think and bringing them to life in the MCU would just be awesome to see that yeah uh, I do I wouldn't mind if they made the the what if show coming up if they made it like variants they don't need to specify that but I mean they can do whatever they want in those yeah and they're, and they're going to be animated right Yep. Yeah, I mean that, that's I think that's a perfect outlet for like all those things. Yeah, and and honestly, I think that's what the show is going to be. I mean, they haven't really we've seen the trailer and they haven't specifically said it, but it's like 
at the end of Loki, like just in my head, I was like, okay, well now what if, even though we know as comic fans, it was the old series that we would read and kind of see like all these weird situations. I think the animated what if is, hey, here's all these branches that happen at the end of Loki and here they are animated and you can see them. Like, yeah, I really I'm think pretty- that's what it is, which is just, nobody thought of that. Like, oh, this is going to be part of the canon, but it's like, I think it is. Like, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, I'm pretty sure like that it was the original what if comics that like introduced the multiverse into the comics at the, in the first place true yeah yeah because they would like just write them as one shots and all of a sudden the ca- canon like. Who, was it the watcher that was always at the beginning of those issues yeah like, yeah. yeah it was like oh here on a different universe yeah. we have this what if flash thompson got bit by the spider and stuff yeah oh it was gonna die saving a rocket I had one, <laughs> yeah, I had one, it was what if Daredevil killed the Punisher, and it was Daredevil just standing over the Punisher with like a smoking gun, I was like, oh yeah. my god, I remember seeing that in the comic shop, I was like, I gotta have that, that, that yeah. cover is so cool, it's just awesome, but I'm yeah. really looking forward to it, that's only a couple of weeks away, I think too, that's uh, what, beginning or middle of August, so we're gonna get that yeah. very soon. So at least something to tide us over. Yep. I wonder too, like, if they haven't announced if they're gonna, I'm, I'm assuming it'll be weekly, but because um, yeah, they don't usually dump full things, although they do that with things like like behind the attraction or a lot of kind of the more reality type shows. They kind of throw them all out there at once. Um, but they didn't do that with the um, uh, what's his name, the guy who <laughs> launched with the series. Uh, oh, he's from Jurassic Park. I can't believe I can't think of his name right now. Um, uh, yeah, I know. Uh, you know who I'm talking Goldblum. about? Ian yeah, Goldblum. The, Goldblum. They dumped his yeah. whole series out. So yeah. But that was early on also. I think they found yeah. the rhythm slightly oh, no, more. No, 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 no. They didn't. They came out weekly. I'm sorry. That's what I was going to say. They, those came out weekly. They didn't dump those. Yeah. So hopefully What If will be a more of a weekly show. Yeah, I mean, something to fill this uh, Wednesday slot. Yeah, I know, because right now they got nothing. Nothing no. at least that I care about right now. Um, no. I think they have. Do, are you guys getting, do you have Turner and Hooch? Is that airing over there? It, it, it's on Disney Plus here. Yeah. It's Disney Plus, right? Yeah. Yeah. I can never remember like if those are on Disney Plus or Netflix, but yeah. But I haven't watched it. Yeah, we haven't watched so. it. Yet. I really have no interest in. <laughs> I I liked no. the movie as a kid, but like I just don't. Yeah. I don't know. But... No, I mean there's there's other things to do. Yeah. Like uh, watch He Man. Yes, He Man. So okay. I, I... We only got a couple more minutes here, Lagos, but give me your... I know you had mixed feelings about He-Man. Spoiler alert for Masters of the Universe on Netflix, because we just I'm, I think we just need to get into it. What are yeah. your thoughts? Because I know you were... Like, for me, and I mentioned it on kind of my breakdown of it, was I remember the show as a kid. I watched it, but I more remember the toys, because I was, I was of the age where I wasn't... You know, I would... The show was probably on, and I was just playing with the toys. Like, it was just... That, yeah. to me, was all toys, 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 toys. So you as someone who was probably a little bit older than me at the time and was able to really consume the show more and remember it more. What are your thoughts? No, kind of on what they do. Yeah. As I said, I had split thoughts on it, like from a pure like nostalgia perspective. Because we had to rent He Man on VHS or Betamax or whatever people had. Because uh, they wouldn't show it on TV because I mean it was all about selling toys. Oh totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As they mentioned, in like it always had a message in the end. Yes, but the like the 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 whole other part was buy this new toy we just released. <laughs> so, so so like people upset about the bait and switch. I'm like, oh, are, are you upset that they didn't try to sell you a toy or something? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
but like from a pure nostalgia perspective like when they like dusted moss man first i'm like what what people die in this yeah <laughs> and then like he man like what <laughs> <laughs> so like but like watching it now i mean this this show is not for kids i think no it, it's for people who are old and what i'd like look back from that i mean it was a, a entertaining show uh with, with like the story and everything and, and like the the heroes and, and and the cliffhanger at the end also yeah so so i am actually looking forward to the second season definitely but, i mean did you see who, not, somebody put the tweet in our discord about what kevin smith tweeted that they just finished the orchestra orchestral parts for episode 10 and he kind of spoiled i mean i say spoiled in there but he says it's he-man versus skelegod is what they're calling him which whether or not that's the true word they use in the in the series but i guess if, and for those that i mean spoiler alert obviously we said here but skeletor now he has the power and um yeah. skelegod i guess is the the phrase we're going to be calling him instead of skeletor yeah crazy no no, it, it will be fun to, to watch. I mean, it, it was perfect. I had it on while I was painting, and it's perfect show for that. Like, just sit back and sort of consume it. You don't need yeah. to study all the details. <laughs> There's no hidden messages in the background. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, and it was it was fast. Like, it was like, okay, we got to go to hell and go to heaven. And then like, okay, here's our 20-minute yeah. episode. We go to hell. Here's our 20-minute episode. We go to heaven. And then He-Man dies at the end, and that's it. Like yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, there there was that. Like, yeah. <laughs> but it was perfect because it just like kept you just wanting to watch the next one, wanting to watch the next one. There was no, um, no, you know, like uh, uh, what do you want to say? Like kind of filler episodes that we're kind of getting right now with uh, um, the Bad, Bad Batch. Batch. Yeah, Bad yeah, Batch. No. Now, I mean, it, it's cool and it's great, but like that was more for kids to kind of have that. Where now with this, this was definitely made for us, like you said. You know, and yeah. I apologize. My son's somebody's iPad's ringing in the background. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, well, all right, dude. Well, let's uh, let's wrap it up there, man. It's good as always chatting with you, and yeah. uh, you know, hopefully next month, I'm sure we'll find some time and we'll we'll do it again for sure. Uh, hopefully. So, all right, dude. Take care, man. Same. All right. So joining me now here for the final guest here on the show long time patron of the show my weekly D&D friend my Doctor Strange or whatever character he's playing in our Marvel Champions campaign <laughs> Matt Clark Matt how are you man I am fantastic thank you for having me Mark you, I mean you got to save the best for last you know That's right man well <laughs> I I'm, I'm saving of course saving the best for last although I'm, I'm not picking favorites not picking favorites here but I am having you here because I do want to talk some high republic spoilers with the latest book the rise yes. of the storm so that's kind of why i'm having you here at the end so if people don't want to get into spoilers you know they can maybe listen to a little bit of our conversation here and then kind of move on and, and you know if they choose to read the book at some point and don't want to be spoiled don't listen too far into this guys we'll let you know we're getting into spoilers <laughs> but um you know hey if you if you have no intentions of reading the book you just kind of want to know what the high republic is about tune in because we're, we're talking about it and we actually talked about it probably six months ago with the last book too right i think we yeah. jumped into it too so uh uh, I don't know what you got, man, with this book. What, what do you think coming out of this well, book? It's a, I'm I'm glad we're actually talking about it in person because on the Discord it's kind of tumbleweeds, you know. Right. Um, it's me. not really worth it to tap out, you know, all the thoughts you have and um, wait for somebody to respond because there's just so 
much in this book. Mm. Um, I guess, is it okay to talk about what happened in Light of the Jedi? Is that considered still... Yeah, let's go. So we're going to go, we'll we'll give you some kind of synopsis of the light of the Jedi, and then we'll go into maybe overall feelings with the rising storm. And then we're just going to open up, I think, for spoiler territory. So go ahead. I'll let you go ahead. You you can give a brief description of of light of the Jedi for folks. Okay, so yeah, light of the Jedi, it's set hundreds of years before the prequels, I guess, the best. If you're if you have a Star Wars past, this is I guess, replacing the Old Republic, possibly. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of around the same timeline. Well, no, um, well, no, no, no. I think this is like, I think Old Republic's like a thousand years ago. And this is like a hundred years before the prequel. So like the Old Republic is still a thing. Okay. Supposedly. in in you know, we, we haven't really seen I, too much canonically right now with what Disney's done. But I think it's still, right. this is in between Old Republic and prequels. So. Okay, cool. So it's, it. um... The group of this group of Jedi, and they're using their force abilities in some really cool ways. One of the things that all the authors of the High Republic, um, I guess, universe or all the materials in it, they really delve into every different Jedi's connection to the force and how that translates into their abilities. They um, help solve this crisis on this planet, Hetzel Prime, where something has gone wrong in the um in the light the light speed lanes mm-hmm. and so basically there's this big collision and because of that things expl- are exploding out of hyperspace um at different points in time and you have no idea where it's going to happen this planet is in danger the jedi swoop in using their great abilities are able to save it um what caused it is this faction of villains called, well, I guess marauders or, you know, ravagers, these this ragtag. Almost. Yeah, not even ragtag group. Yeah, like this big, actually formal group of pirates and raiders called the Nihil. Um, and they come to blows with the Jedi because the, the Republic is trying to expand to, um, you know, all depths of the galaxy and it's kind of the they're up against you know wanting to stop this expansion and keep the the outer territory of the galaxy free where they've been i guess kind of unopposed for so many years so it's all that conflict and we meet some fantastic characters along the way um is that i guess that is that a pretty good summary of yeah yeah i think you know the the coming out of the book you know, like Matt said, there definitely was a lot of good descriptions of the use of the Force, I think. And that's kind of what this whole just the High Republic really has kind of been about, or at least the initial phase. Um, the Rising Storm, we see a lot of that more in, like, physical action, I think, in terms mm-hmm. of literally fighting. I mean, there's the, the whole, like, last third of the book is literally just a giant battle from all different perspectives, from so many yeah. different characters that either we, we met before or they're new and... You're never going to forget them kind of moving forward. But kind of the underlying mystery of it all is like the Jedi, you know, there's always balance in the force and coming out of the light of the Jedi, there was nothing really balancing the light per se outside of the Nihil, but the Nihil weren't really the true Sith or the darkness that we're used to. Right. But it ends on a note where the leader of the Nihil, Martian Rowe, has some artifact, some item that 
we find out is going to lead to something, right? We, we were kind of unsure right. what it is. And he basically, and, and a spoiler for that first book, but we're, we're, we're doing it. Um, he <laughs> basically imprisons the guy who was kind of like the, the one that we all kind of Ugh. gravitated to loading great storm. The man, like Ugh. he imprisons him in a prison surrounded by other prisoners who are basically being tortured in an agony, but he does so because he knows that Loden can't reach out with the force because he's constantly surrounded by these people in pain and suffering. Mm-hmm. So there's something obviously sinister about that. So even though Marshan Rowe doesn't appear to be a force user in Light of the Jedi, and even for a lot of this book, I, I, I don't really think, I mean, yeah. we, we can kind of get into that. I don't really think he is, but he knows of the force. He seems to know of the dark side of the force, but right. he's utilizing people to kind of tap into that for him but there's a history there with that artifact and kind of where the rising storm goes. He has some knowledge that others don't. And, and that's the, oof. that's the big kicker at the end of um, light of the Jedi is that this artifact is able to disrupt loading great storms force abilities. Yeah. Which we've only seen one other time in all of star Wars uh, in the, the legends books, the original Thrawn trilogy, you have these creatures, the Isalamiri who are able to, negate the force around people and um thrawn uses that you know he'll attach he attached them to like luke skywalker and you know other force sensitive people so um they could either hide them uh other people weren't able to pick up on the force either so Hmm. i thought that was super cool to see yeah um but yeah and that this is only the adult novels this isn't taking into effect like a bunch of the other books and comic series that are going on um so i guess going into the rising storm the chancellor lena so wants to i guess show the the galaxy that the republic is on their side that you know we are all the republic that's the big mantra that everybody you know is pushing and she wants to show this goodwill so it's this big festival called um oh my goodness I'm uh, the Republic the Fair, now. isn't it? Just yes, the... the Republic Fair. Yep. And it's basically like the World Fair, where it's like advances in technology. Um, all these different worlds are represented, like the different countries were when uh, you know we we used to do the World's Fair. But of course, the Nihil want to come and mess it up because they're the Nihil, and so chaos ensues. Um, we see. I I kind of look at this book as the. It really is the true, I feel, second book in the series because it's really the Empire Strikes Back. It of, totally is, man. Yep. You know, it's like things got to get darker. Things got to <laughs> get colder get dark. before, yep. um, before it gets better and things get dark. And so, I mean, let, let's say, okay, so we're going to jump into spoilers here. And we, we may kind of jump around. So, you know, if you haven't read the book and you want to read this next book, I mean, obviously, you know, fast forward past this. We're, we're going to talk about some other things. But I don't want to spoil too much of this because – like I mentioned, there's a massive battle. And let's just say, and I think you could probably infer, I mean, it's even on the back of the book, the Republic Fair doesn't go so well. Let's put it that Ooh. way. So um, spoilers here moving forward. Um, but, you know, th- this idea of Marsha and Roman, because I, I got to really ask your question, I mean, or ask you, like you mentioned that in the Legend series, there were things that could suppress the Force. Um, right. We learn of an inventor in this book, um, who has invented not only the ability, well, she doesn't invent something to suppress the force, she invents something to suppress energy. 
So right. that means energy weapons such as blasters or even lightsabers. But then also, Martian Rowe, what ultimately he has, what, what does he call it that he gets? What's, what's this wolf creature that we get at the end the, of the book? Oh, goodness. It's the, the world ender or something. It doesn't like even that. have a name. Um, I mean, wh- whatever he calls it, like it's frozen in ice. He basically, half of the book is him getting this thing from a planet out of the ice. And it ends up being, the way it's described is almost to me in my head, I was envisioning like these, the giant wolves we saw in Rebels. That's just, I was just kind of mm-hmm. thinking of that. And this thing is unleashed, and it's essentially able to drain the life force, not even just the force, but, like, just the life out of force users, maybe, because that's all, really all we know it's attacks or that it attacks. Maybe it can go after other people as well. But, like, by the end of this book, right. Loading Greatstorm, who is the guy that we all loved from the first book, who suddenly they find out he's still alive, and they go on this mission to save him. And in the final pages of the book, he's back and he's they're on this big escape run. And Martian Rowe, the leader of the Nihil, who again isn't really a Sith that we know of. He doesn't, he's not a force user, but he's been able to harness this beast and unleashes this thing and takes out Loading <laughs> Great Storm, turning him to what? Like almost like Things to dust. Rock, and then he just kind of disintegrates into dust. Yeah. So not only now did the Nihil, because we also learned they did also steal, right? They still have in their possession this, the ability to suppress these energy weapons. So not only do right. they have something to suppress that, which it's kind of the jury's out whether or not they know whether or not they really have that yet, even though they do, and I'm sure they're going to figure it out very quickly. Um, well, they we, do because um, the daughter, well, I guess the daughter who was the the inventor of it all along, she says, no, this is what it is. Oh, right. This is what it can do. Like she, she completely sells the Jedi out. Yep. Totally. Yep. You're right. You're right. Well, she can die if she needs to. I'm fine with that. So now it's like, you know, you're looking at it. Like we always think of, you have to have that balance, but like, do you really need, like here you have a guy who he's not a Jedi. He's not a Sith. He's not even a force user, but he has the tools to put them at bay. And mm-hmm. fight back against them. I think that's so, such a cool concept because always in Star Wars, it's like, all right, well, you're always going to have the Jedi and the Sith. Where in this case, it's like, we may not get that. Like, they may be able to mass produce things that then take away the lightsabers, take away blasters, and they're able to just fight the Jedi. And then on top of that, suppress the Force in them with whatever this this creature is. I, I think it's a really interesting difference from the rest of star wars because if you think about it it's like we're building the death star we're building the death star 2 we're built you know we're building big weapons and you know it's all about who can outgun each other at the end of the day mm-hmm. where the high republic has been about stripping that away from the jedi yeah not necessarily through the nihil building things but just by being able to dismantle all the things that they're relying on and making them strong. And it's, it's so clever because it's so easy to get caught up in trying to build that next big thing as a writer, I feel from my own personal experience, but it's kind of like not work harder, work smarter, you know, in dismantling (laughs) what they already have. Yeah. Because think about it, you know, we define Jedi as lightsaber access to the force. Yeah. Without that, who are you? What, what are, are you? you? Yeah. It's totally true. And man. I'm, yeah. I'm really interested to see what happens with Bell Zedifar, who is 
at the end of you know this book he is basically like emotionally ravaged by this monster it's a it's a different kind of effect that he he survives the encounter with this monster where his former jedi master doesn't um like it's a traumatic experience for him and is he permanently going to be you know disconnected from the force is it something that he is able to work back up to um I mean, he was already he was already struggling in a lot of the beginning of this book with losing Loading Great Storm and not being able to feel him in the force or anything. And in moments where they describe him getting teary eyed and all that. And of course, Jedi are not supposed to show emotion. And yeah, now you you had that tragic moment of losing Loden once and then now losing him in quite possibly the most tragic way possible and yourself even being kind of affected in that moment as well. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be a mess. Man. I I feel for as much as these Jedi, specifically in the High Republic, say, you know, you're not supposed to give into emotion. You're not supposed to be emotional. They're, they're all pretty emotional. And I think, I mean, there's Elzar Man who Dude, even, yes. like. That's where I was going I, next. <laughs> I don't even, I don't even, there's so much to say. But I think it is interesting to see, you know, this group. And then we have the natural progression to the Skywalker saga where the Jedi are pretty emotionless and stoic. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's something that was picked up, you know, learning from these experiences. Yeah, um, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Elzar Man, I mean, mentioning him, he's one that goes really through <laughs> some things. The only other Jedi I could ever say we've seen go through some of the things that he has is Anakin. And we know how that turned yeah. out, right? I mean, Elzar <sighs> has a night with a woman. In this, like he spends a night with a woman in her bed and wakes up like, oh, my God, while they're under attack. Like we don't ever get that from a Jedi in Star Wars books. Yeah, but yet we get it here. And then Elzar at one point completely just gives into his rage and is just murdering people, you know, during the battle. And it's like mm-hmm. and, and is perfectly fine with that. He kind of knows it's wrong, but he's like in the moment, this is what I need to do now. By the end of the book, it seems like he's kind of. I don't want to say atoned for those things. And I'm sure there's going to be, you know, we may not even ever get it in the book, but we're going to learn that he did meditate on it and all that. But like, I really thought getting into this book and when they were describing some of the situations with him, I thought he was going to go down the path of maybe he was going to be the one because he was the one that had the vision at the end of the last book, even right. though we, we kind of know the vision from what we know was maybe this situation um, that kind of goes down at the Republic fair, but maybe it wasn't, maybe it was something that we still may see in the future. But mm-hmm. I thought for sure maybe he was going to take a turn in this book and go, you know, team up with the Nihil or something like that. I, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's just the – we're so ingrained of thinking that way with Star Wars that, you know, they're not going to go that way because that almost would seem the obvious way maybe. Um, yeah. But I, I, I agree with that to a point. I think what Kevin Scott did – friend of the show, Kevin Scott. Yes, friend of the um, show. He liked our tweets. <laughs> I think what he was able to do is really show the Jedi as people, you know, like as humans, not just Jedi, you know, and humans have emotions, humans make mistakes, humans err. And I think that that is something that has been missing from the Jedi in the sense that, you know, we've come to view it as when Jedi make an error like that. It's like, I cannot believe that this Jedi did this when it's like, you know <laughs> what? It's everybody messes up. But and right. it, it, even in those moments where he turned finger quotes, you know, to the dark side, I don't even feel like it was that intense. 
because yeah. they were sure they were emotional you know kind of moments but it was emotional moments that were pure not guided like anakin was you know because anakin was manipulated into true. yeah true into doing these things yeah. and whenever he did something by um i guess turning to the dark side it was always out of something that he believed you know he was he was being wronged so he was mm-hmm. going to lash out yeah um and i f- didn't get that kind of personal pride in elzar with those moments if that makes sense like everything he did it was still striking out at like the injustice that was happening um after he had you know he had this um the night with this the organizer of the of the fair um even then like i was like i mean okay oh well is this gonna really affect his (laughs) yeah his ability as a jedi whatever yeah um and again you know like you mentioned maybe what happens throughout all this is what leads to maybe more the strictness of the Jedi hundred years from now, you know, when we get to the prequels, maybe, maybe yeah. we're getting glimpses because really ultimately like them going through their emotions in that is kind of, I mean, we use the term a lot, but like the gray Jedi, you know, like yeah, yeah. Elzar man, maybe we saw glimpses of a gray Jedi there where he gave into the emotion, even though the pure, you know, light Jedi don't do that, but he did, you know, and, and it was to the advantage of the Jedi in the moment because he was taking out tons of Nihil and doing what needed to be done because of the injustice that was happening there. Um, here's a quick question for you. Do you think that maybe they should have set the High Republic 100 years maybe after the movies? And the only reason I say that is because, unfortunately, now with this is we kind of know how it ends. Not really, but you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. in the end, it's like... yeah. We, we're going to get to the prequels now. So no matter what happens, the the threat, sure, we may lose some characters here and there. But in the end, the Jedi are going to win out. There, there's never that that risk or that threat of we don't know what's going to happen because we do. We know Yoda is going to make it through because Yoda's he's barely in the books at all. I mean, he's mentioned, but he's not really in the books. Right. But we know he's, he's going to be fine. You know? He's in the, the High Republic Adventures comic title a lot. He's like the main Jedi master in that. Him and Buckets of Blood. Oh my god, dude! See, I gotta read that. I gotta read the comic. That's the adventures, right? That's the IDW book, right? It's a, okay. it's for, it's, a, it's a little bit younger audience. So, That's okay. but even I, my daughter was getting Star Wars Adventures for a while, and we were just reading it, just the regular Star Wars Adventures. Yeah, yeah. Um, I see the comics. I only read that first issue, and that was it. I gotta catch up on all that. Maybe I'll try and do that. Um, weekend, I, maybe to answer your question, I think I personally think it's better that they chose before mm-hmm. because if they chose to do even if it was a thousand years after the skywalker saga they would have had to have been cognizant of what happened before they would have had to be answering questions and fending off True. questions from people True. Yep. yep and i think listening to some of the the panels and summits that these authors have done one of the the things that has been the most fun for them has been basically the freedom to do anything they want that's awesome. They ju- it's like the group of the five of them. And if they want to do something a little crazy, they just text the group. They're <laughs> like, hey, is anybody using this character? Okay, well, I'm going to kill him in my book. Or, you know, it was really interesting hearing them talk about how they, they do this. And then, of course, it has to get approved editorially. But Right, of course. Um, there's really that freedom to kind of establish whatever they want. And, I mean, you've got 
some of the best names in the game, like Claudia Gray. I don't know if you've read any of her other Star Wars stuff outside of High Republic, but like phenomenal. Did she do the um, um uh, uh, what was the the princess book? Didn't she do that? Yeah, she, it's a Princess Leia trilogy. Right. Then one of the le- did, one of the Leia books I read. That was it. Or she did um, another book, I believe, set between the prequels and um the the original movies called lost stars which is like reviewed as one of the best star wars books of all time mm-hmm. uh she's done some fantastic stuff so i mean i'm and she's the one who's writing the next oh, man. adult novel um the fallen star so i'm stoked about that it's great. The High Republic is great, man. <laughs> One, a couple, couple of just kind of little weird things. Not, not weird things, but just interesting things in this book. Who was the character? I can't think of his name, but he was like the weird, like, blob guy in the suit. Oh, he came yeah, out of his suit. Have we ever seen anything yeah. like that in Star Wars? That was just no. awesome, dude. That, so I'm, good. There he's like a gelatinous being and <laughs> yeah. when he's on the when he's at the fair, he has to be in a containment suit you know, to keep himself together. And so people yep. can hear him. And then in this huge fight with the Nihil, they are, he's also like the, his, the Jedi historian. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and he's trying to protect this reporter and the Nihil like cracks the screen. And I think, I don't know if you thought this, but as I was reading, I was like, Oh no, like if they crack his suit, like he's going to die. Right. Yeah, like, I did. This can't yep. happen. But instead of cracking like his suit and the guy dying, like he bursts out like this huge ooze monster and like suffocates the guy to death. <laughs> so awesome. Like I was like, what? And all of course, you know, read by the amazing Mark Thompson. Um, I cannot recommend that audiobook Dude, enough. Dude, yeah. I did the same thing this time where I kind of went back and forth. Like if I was in the car, or if I was out for a run, I was listening to the audiobook. And then when I got home, I read the book. But seriously, these audiobooks, Mark Thompson is crushing it. And not only just, I mean, him, of course, with his voices and everything, but even the like Foley work and all that, the sound effects and everything oh they do, it's incredible. Like, I would almost urge you, like, if you're just kind of hesitant to read, like, if you don't read books, get these audiobooks. Like, they're amazing. They're fantastic. You can get a free trial of Audible, try out one of them. You don't even got to pay for yeah. it. And then you can get a free trial of audiobooks.com and get a, get the other one for free. Oh, <laughs> there you go. boom. That, I, I don't know, I don't <laughs> know if you listen to, this, to the part specifically where um, Loden realizes that Bell is on the, the Nihil base when they realize each other is there. Like the music and like no, I'm getting I was chills reading talking the book about at that it. point. I, please go back and listen to it because it's like, Oh my gosh, like the emotion in his voice because, you know, Loden is so weak, frail, and like he just starts drawing. Oh my gosh, I won't even go into any more of it. Just go listen to it. Dude, the one that had me going was, uh, who was the guy, uh, Engel, Porter Engel? Yeah. When they were flying in the ship and like he, he, his ship got shot down and, and what, what was the girl's name? Um, was it Indira that was flying the other ship? Yes. And she's flying. She sees the ship. And she's like, oh, my God, he's going to die. And then she, like, sees him, like, <laughs> fly out of the ship, like, backflip, land on her ship. And they just, like, keep on going. And just It was just, like, Porter Engel. To me, I came away from Light of the Jedi with Loden Greatstorm as the man. In this book, Porter Engel is the man. Like, I need more right. of him from – I mean, is he in anything else? Is he in comics or – 
I don't know. I don't they need believe to put so, so far. I'm not caught up with the comics either because I'm waiting for trades to come out. Um, but yeah, he's so cool. These these books are screaming to be adapted. Oh my God. I like know. either animated. Disney Plus Honestly, movies, I, like, I think they up. need to go oh, animated. Because yeah. like, I'm, I'm totally now... I mean, I love the Mandalorian. I love the movies and that. But like, I think they can do a lot more with animation and probably honestly pump it out quicker. Um, but I think In the Old Republic veins, would be great. Go. I think it would be great. Do it as an animated show. Ugh. It's good. I loved it. Um, I have the race to Crash Point Tower and Out of the Shadows that um, I just got Out of the Shadows today. The the young adult novel. Okay. And I'm excited to to get into that. Who now? Who? What is what is that one about? Do you know? Um, it, it it continues off. Did you read Into the Dark from the first wave? Only about half of it. They were getting off the ship, taking the whatever monuments or the, whatever the things they had with them, and they didn't yeah. really know what they were. And that's that's where I ended last last I read. So okay, um, I got to finish it. So there, Wreath Silas from that is in it, and then A Test of Courage, which was the middle grade novel. Mm-hmm where it's like the teenage the, you know the youngest jedi yep, knight I ever have she's book. like 16 yep um it's her and her padawan and then wreath um kind of coming together and i haven't gotten into i haven't started it yet so i'm not exactly sure what goes on there but i did and the, it's not really a spoiler but i was you know flipping through the book to look at the covers and on one of the last few pages i saw the name nan and I was like, oh, no, oh. we've got Nan and the Nihil popping back up. That'll be interesting. Nice. Hey, you know what is coming out, too, though? Is it is it next month? Is it August? The uh, audio drama? Yes. With, uh, what's your face? Because that's one thing we didn't mention. Like, the other thing about the Nihil that's interesting is you have, obviously, the Nihil and their battle with the Republic and the Jedi. But within the Nihil themselves, between both mm-hmm. books and especially in this book, like, there's a power struggle there where Martian Rowe is – kind of a leader kind of but like to the others to some he's a leader to some he's either the on par with them but there's a couple there that really kind of want to take him out and um one of his under people what do they call them they're tempest tempest runner the, the tempest runners um she's getting her own her own audio drama now yeah. i'm assuming that's taking point or taking part like after the rising storm because it's coming out after the rising storm. So I'm assuming right, you would think so that's coming out soon. And what is that going to be on? I think audible, right? I think it's a audible exclusive. I think, I don't think it's like a typical podcast like Marvel does. I think it's actually either you're going to have to pay for it or you're going to have to be an audible member or a prime right, it's member. It's kind of like the, the Dr. Afra audio drama. It's released basically like an audio book. So okay. audible, Apple, iBooks, you know, any gotcha. one of those platforms, you'll, you'll have to pay for it. But I'm um, definitely going to be getting that. Yeah. That's it's why like the struggle within the, the bad guys, like that's why I can never be a bad guy. It's too much work because you're always having to watch <laughs> yeah. your back. Like, it's like, yep, there's always somebody else. Ugh, no, yep. give me a lightsaber. I'll be a good guy. I'm good. Like, yep. come on. All right. Well, Matt, we've been talking 30 minutes, man, about the high Republic. And I know we even want to talk a little bit about behind the, um, the attraction, but, uh, uh I yes. mean, well, you know, we're not really going to be able to get into it, but let's just say both of us haunted mansion. is the best, best ride yes right? at disney it's and if you think you were a haunted mansion fan i'm positive there's some things that you probably didn't know um my world was rocked by the paris version 
Oh my god. The Disneyland Paris version. Yep. I had no idea about that storyline. It's crazy. I love that too. They all have these different storylines. It's so yeah. great. Yeah. Watch that watch that series behind the attraction. It's great. And I've got some books that I'll recommend to you that go into kind of the making of it that uh I think you and your kids would get a kick out of because they kind of go more into the some of the few proposed storylines for the beginning of the haunted mansion that they only kind of touched on here, uh, which cool. are really interesting. It awesome. was originally going to be super creepy, which I'm down for. Nice. Well, Hey, our dog is named Phineas after professor Phineas plump. Yeah. One of the ghosts from the haunted mansion, not after Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> Don't let that uh, distract you. It's after, actually hey, another, right. another good show. It's my dog's favorite show. It's fine. You know, <laughs> what it's not turner and hooch have you watched any of that yet on disney plus no i, I haven't I, I wasn't on board with that i mean yeah. I've, I've never even seen that movie so oh really yeah see as a kid yeah. i mean i remember but it's just like whatever i don't really care but well man man i'm a pre- i'm glad you're able to join me as always man always good conversation and uh, i'm sure we'll be talking next month man yes thank you so much mark have yep. a good one take care man <laughs> All right. Well, there you go, man. What a great just set of conversations. And I got to tell you guys, man, that last one with Matt talking about the High Republic. I urge you, if you are a Star Wars fan, to jump into the High Republic. It is so far so good. We actually just were watching the latest, um, I don't even know what you want to call it, like a Disney release about the uh, Galactic Star Cruiser hotel they're putting out. Uh, There was like a 20-minute video with the Imagineers. And man, I cannot wait at some point to go on that. I don't know how much it's going to cost, but at some point I need to be on that because God, I just love Star Wars and the High Republic just continues to reiterate why I love the Star Wars universe. Now, a couple things, man. If you are a patron of the show and you were not a guest here on the show and you didn't even send me a question, I mean, we got no questions from our patrons. Send me a message now. If you're listening to this, let me know either you have a question or you want to be on the show. So when it comes time around for the next show, I'll make sure I reach out to you and we get you on the show and get your questions here on the show. Now, if you also would like to be a part of it, like to be a part of our Discord, you can find the information down below on how you can do that and get early access to this, become a guest on the show, and, of course, get access to the Discord where you get to just, I mean, we have so many like-minded people in our in our little, small, little, tight-knit community right now in Discord. It is so much fun every day just uh, kind of going through Uh, the conversations and just chatting it up with each other man so i urge you uh if you would like to support the show to double down and check it out man it's it's a lot of fun so well that's it for this month guys i appreciate it as always again thank you so much for your support uh, for continuing to uh, just drive me to keep doing the show Um, i have so much fun doing it and chatting with you guys every day and uh, like i said the discord just continues to reiterate that every single day why I, i love doing it so until next time guys have a great rest of your day and i'll catch you next time